Salutations! Yeah. And welcome to the 96th episode Probably. of the In the House podcast. Probably. The official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am fine with being here tonight. <laughs> I am completely, I am not enraged and saddened. I am okay. just fine, fine to be here tonight. That's like the second time in the history of us doing this that you said you were fine to be here. Yeah. And the first time was after a... Some bad loss, I'd imagine. Thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 there's a lot to get through yeah, here like stuff. we shockingly we didn't do a pod for months and months and there was still only a little bit of stuff to get to when we finally got back to potting and uh, now we took a, a one-week hiatus and there is uh, there's a there's a great deal there's of stuff, stuff to talk yeah. about uh, and so in order to talk about something like that I'm going to need a partner and uh, that partner I can for that partner I can think of no one better than my man who is coming to you tonight from somewhere over the rainbow, on top of a <laughs> wicked witch, yeah, uh, surrounded by people of short stature, yeah. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen, Andy, <laughs> coming to us live. The lollipop kids, yeah. While thankful for landing on top of a witch, yeah. Intimidated by your six foot well, five frame. They're not great soccer players. Mm. They're not really. They're not anything good. Anything. There, there's a reason. They're adequate they're dancers. The lollipop kids. Sure. That's their. That's Lot it. of candy. That's it. Lots of and candy. So. Yeah, I don't usually go with fictional locations. You don't. I don't. I, it opens up a whole new, like, infinite number yeah, of worlds does. for us it to does. travel to. Uh, Seems like maybe we should have done that. Should have done sixty episodes yeah. ago. That's uh, okay. Okay, Andy. We've got. Uh, the opening of Lynn Family Stadium, yeah. uh, that will be the vast majority of our show. But uh, I do want to spend a bit of time uh -huh. talking about the unveiling, the revealing yeah. of NWSL Louisville finally picking a name, a yep. color scheme, a palette, and a, a crest. We are Racing, Racing Louisville, Louisville FC. Andy, what? <clears throat> how did you react? Initial... Initial, I want your, I want your like, gut punch thoughts, yeah, and then I want yeah, your, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. spent 20 minutes on it. Initial reaction was meh. Really? I, you know... I, that, you realize that puts you in the vast minority. I'm fine with that. Okay. I don't... Uh, I don't no, I'm just... Care. Yeah, um, it's no secret, anybody who knows me, it, um, it's no secret I am not a fan of the round, of the circle. It's actually one of the things that Andy requires people know before they go on a date with him. Yeah. Like, it was on his Tinder profile oh, before yeah. he got married. I do not like circles. How do you feel about circle crests? No, no. you're out. No, we're done. Yeah. We're done. I don't care about your doctorate. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You seem really great, but... Scarlett Johansson, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I had to turn down uh, Scarlett Johansson She's surprisingly over, needy, right? Like, over circle crests. But she's also passionate about circle crests. Which, that's a no-go for me. I understand. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I think it's... To me, they come off as lazy, for lack of a better term. Sure. After thinking about it, after seeing it, because it's one of those things... Um, you got to put it somewhere so that you run into it on your daily life. Right. 
you gotta get it's like when you hear a song that you think you don't like at first you gotta play it in your car a few times mm -hmm. right i get that to even take that analogy further because it's a good analogy i will raise you a story from when i was 15 years old Ugh. you're welcome <laughs> so I, I lived in cincinnati at the time uh, yeah i can't help that uh and that being said we lived not very far away from king's island and uh, we were very privileged to have season passes to Kings Island. Right. And that was like, during the summer, that was what me and my 10 to 15 rotating group of friends would right, do. Right. Our parents would drop us off with 10 bucks at Kings Island and then just leave us there for the whole day. Uh, and that was until we got cars. So 14, 15 years old. And uh, that being said, the group of friends I went with, their musical tastes had just started changing into their own personal musical tastes. Right. That's the age where you're finally starting to have like your own opinion. Right. It's not like, I love my parents' music or I hate my parents' music. You start having your own stuff. My friends all got really into that summer, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. It was the summer, <laughs> oh my God. it's the summer that the impression that I get came out oh and was on God. constantly. And they played it constantly yeah. at Kings Island. And my friends dug it. And I was like, this song sucks ass. I really don't like this. And I complained about it constantly. By the end of the summer, I was totally down. I was on board with Mighty Mighty Boston's just by the fact that, A, the more you're around something, the more you like it right. in general. And also, if your friends are into something, you can't help but sort of at least start tolerating it a little, unless right. you just want to be the contrarian. Right, right, right. And so with this... I think that it's catchy enough. The color palette, yeah. the, the the undeniably cool work. Take the circle out of it. The undeniably cool yeah, work of the floors and of the the crossroads in mm -hmm. it. And I love the font. You take all of that, and it's just catchy. Yeah, you're around it enough. Even if your initial thought was, "Ooh, I don't like that at all." Eventually, it's like, oh, this is our team. I like it. My friends all like it. We're yeah. all down. Okay, we're going forward with this. Yeah. Um, they got it very right with the color scheme. Oh, yeah. Crushed we, that. We picked up a bunch of Racing Lucy, Racing FC stuff um, after the game. Mm -hmm. And the scarves are legit. That mint green, dude. Oh, the mint green in there is, yeah, the scarves Sets are legit. Sets it off. I remember when I got told about the mint green because I knew the name and I knew the, the components of the logo. Right. And uh, I, I was really in, I was involved enough to say that I knew what was going on. I didn't have a, much of a say in it any more than our other supporters did. We were really proud of involving our supporter groups and right. local, uh, local women's soccer teams and the NWSL Players Association and anybody who we thought could offer real feedback on the name on the logo on what it should contain and i got to have that much say but i mean beyond that it was matthew wolf uh distilling all this information into what we got right uh i i didn't find out about the mint green until i saw the deck which was the, the his final presentation of this is all of the stuff you get when you work with matthew wolf yeah the deck was the first time i saw the mint green and it changed my entire outlook on it i liked everything yeah the mint green sets it all off in yeah. such a cool way it's really cool looking and it's the really, words really cool. mint green made me go eee! Yeah. and then i saw it and i went okay never mind that's tight it's yeah. tight so we've got a women's team name now 
racing Louisville FC. They're going to be the co-tenants of Lynn Family Stadium with Lou City for the foreseeable yeah. future. Now it's just about building a team. You know, as far as the name racing goes, yeah. everybody is always going to have something to say about anything. Everybody's going to have a complaint about something. Sure. Right? Hey, I am... Uh, pleasantly surprised at how few people had something to say about racing. Yeah. Just from my lurking on Twitter. Sure. And even in the bowels of Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're bowels. They're, they are. <laughs> they are bowels. Um, and even the people who had something to say about the racing name, there are enough arguments for a long-standing tradition of a lot of soccer clubs right. being called racing whatever. Right. Well, I mean, it speaks to the history of the game of soccer in the idea yeah. that most really old soccer teams, so we're talking 100-year-old yeah. soccer teams, most of them didn't start as soccer teams. They started as something else. Yeah. A cricket club, a gentleman's club, a rugby team, a racing club, a cycling club, whatever it was, and then they added soccer, and then soccer became the dominant sport in the world, and so that was what yeah. rose from it. Uh, and so if you go around the world, I think that they ended up saying there's something to the effect of 26 top flight teams around the world named racing. Yeah. Uh, and But America's never had one. The United States has never had a racing soccer team. And I think that when you consider the history of the name, plus the fact that, you know, say what you will about horse racing, it is connected to this town yeah. in, a, in a fundamental way. Yeah. I think that it's a natural natural outgrowth of what the team names could be. I mean, it's better than proof, right? <laughs> I, hey, hey. Uh, I do know, I'll let people a little bit behind the curtain and say that there were a lot of team names that got considered. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Yeah. And there were some team names that we had settled on, like this is the name, and couldn't do for various reasons. Some right. of them legal, some of them... Uh, from a reasonable objections that were raised by somebody somewhere. Yeah. But there were a lot of names that were considered, rejected, considered, chosen, and then discarded. And it, I'm, I'm really happy with where we ended up. I think yeah. racing is a really racing solid a place to finish this whole process. Racing's a good one. And I love that you get the light purple, the lavender, and then the crazy dark purple, the, yeah. the deep violet. Uh, that, is, it, is it called like midnight violet or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah. And I love that it's all in the same color palette with Lou City. Yeah. So that you could wear a Lou City jersey to a racing game and people would be like, you're in purple, that totally makes sense. Or vice versa, you could wear a racing kit to yeah. a Louisville, for, to a Lou City game and be like, ah, totally. Uh, I, I love that. Yeah. That it fits together while still having its own completely separate identity. And so I'm, I'm pleased with it and uh, the merch was cool. One thing I, like, I loved about the merch was, let's call a spade a spade here. The merch is basically the logo on stuff. Like, yeah. we didn't do any, like, crazy cool new thing with no. it. We just put the logo on stuff so you could have it. But to me, that is the ideal scenario where you, have, you can continuously unleash new stuff. Yeah. Whereas if you come out with all the crazy cool new stuff right away, and then nobody's ever going to want to just buy a t-shirt that says racing on it, you right. know? So I love... I love the uh, the merch. I love the color palette. I am very fond of the logo, and I think that whether you like the logo or not, you can recognize the quality of the logo. 
It's it's uh, it's it's how I feel about well prepared vegetables. They're not my particular cup of tea, but I can appreciate why someone else might like them. Yeah. And so that's that's where I that's where I'm at, and, right. and it, it is my particular cup of tea. So I don't have any problems at all. Racing Louisville FC, uh, a little bit of uh, racing news uh, on Monday, this coming Monday, the twentieth, at uh, Molly Malone's in the Highlands. Oh yeah, there will be meeting number two of the uh, joint venture supporter group. Uh, so Scouse and some Coopers and some Loose City ladies and. Uh, Robin Pryor of the Hot Brown Soccer Town, old fan favorite Lee Nevis, yeah. uh, a bunch of uh, the, the big NWSL supporters in our town got together to start talking about what they want supporters groups to look like for that team. And uh, we're going to have meeting number two of that on Monday. I can't remember the time. You'd have to check. I imagine it's like seven, seven. but uh, that's a guess. But join me. Uh, anybody who's got an interest in being a part of an SG uh, be there. Even if you don't think you'll join that SG, it's good to just bounce the ideas off of each other and to start yeah. building the supporter culture of racing. Yeah. So, excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Racing will have its own podcasts and many of them in the years and decades to come. This is still primarily a Lou City podcast. Yep. Let's talk about Louisville City. Okay. You want to go game first, or do you want to go experience first? Let's go game first. Let's get game out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. All right. Played in the inaugural game at Lynn Family Stadium yeah. against Pittsburgh Riverhounds, yeah. which I think it's I think it's important that we remember, this was the number one team in the conference last year. This wasn't some bunch of scrubs that rolled out there against us. This was the number one team in the conference. Really tough team. All Bob Lilly teams are tough teams. They returned, I think it was six of their 11 starters, but they also replaced several of them with some nice pieces. Yeah. Uh, it's a good team. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before. They pressed really well, but it was still Bob Lilly soccer. We had like 65% possession. Yeah, we had the ball. Uh, but when but Bob Lilly's fine with you having the ball, especially when he's got a lead. That's, that's always the thing with us playing... Pittsburgh, is or that the old or the old Rhinos? Yeah, yeah. Is that we want possession, right? They kind of want you to. They kind of want you to have possession. So you could say, yeah, we had sixty-five percent possession. It was the game we wanted. But you could also say, yeah, we had sixty-five percent possession. It was the, the game, game that they, they wanted. wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's if we talk in historical terms, let's be honest with ourselves and say that the best versions of Louisville City. The best versions of this team. And there have been some really good versions of this team. Have always had trouble with really good pressing teams taking the ball away from us high up the field yeah. and beating us on a counter. That's always been a problem. That wasn't specifically the problem this game. This game was a game of mental errors. Uh, and that hurts. Uh, let the good news, the good stuff, the first goal in, in Lynn Family Stadium history is a Lou City goal, thank yeah. goodness. Right. I, I like that. A ground pounder from, from Speedy. Yeah, Holy from crap. about 20 yards yeah. out off of a deflected rebound coming from a corner. Yeah. And uh, Speedy just puts one 
a worm burner, as we like to call it, uh, right along the turf into the side netting. Beautiful strike, beautiful goal. One nothing, Loose City. The world is our oyster. We're yeah. winning. We're in our new home. The world is right. I like goals like that because they showcase accuracy. Yeah. He didn't aim for the middle. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? He didn't like aim for. He didn't the say I'm gonna hit. He didn't say I'm gonna best. hit this ball as hard as I can and hope it finds the spot. Right. Right. He was like, no, I'm going for that post. Hey, look, that's what <laughs> I could. I could score if I put it right there. Yeah. And he did. And but also hit it with some good pace. Put oh, the yeah. laces through it. So. Uh, all is right in the world in that moment. All is right in the world. And uh, we got to feel that way for about 20 more minutes. And then things started shaky, getting shaky. Yeah. Um, we started showing signs early that the press was bothering us. Uh, between, let's, our, our, our true defense defense. So I'm taking for the moment out of the equation Oscar Jimenez and Akil Watts. Just for a second taking them out of the equation and saying the two center backs who started this game which is Jimmy Oxford and Alexi Swahi and Ben Lunt in goal. They were not being very crisp or accurate with the ball when they had it at their feet which is vital when you want to play out of the yeah. back against a press. You got to be confident, you got to be quick, and you got to be decisive. And it looked a little sloppy, even while we had the lead and even while things felt good. Give the ball away uh, towards the back and then get beat over the top on what may have been offsides. It looked pretty offsides. It, uh, now, I've, I've, I have not yet seen a true good angled replay. And where I was at in the stadium, I did not have a good angle on it. So I'll just say this. It looked offsides from where I was, but offside. I've seen a lot of goals that were scored where I was like, that guy was offside by five yards, and it turns out it was just perfectly timed. I'm not going to rush to judgment, and I'll just say this. Even if it was offsides by five yards, you got to play to the whistle, and it felt like our guys were just like, oh, yep, offsides, yeah. and then no, it wasn't. And uh, you're leaving Ben Loon one-on-one, uh, gives up the goal. You go right into halftime now feeling a little down. Like, oh, crap, we should have had the lead going into half, and we don't. Uh, came out in the second half, and it just, it, it, the first 20 minutes of that half were just abysmally bad in the back. Yeah. Couldn't make the transition from having the ball comfortably with our goalkeeper or our center backs to getting the ball past midfield. Right. Uh, some of that may be attributable to the giant size of our field in that you need to have really great link-up play. Yep. Otherwise, you're just throwing the ball into the corner and hoping Brian Ownby can beat everybody there. Right. And a lot of the times he can, but you don't want that to be your only route. And uh, that's that was, it, we were having a real hard time transitioning from defense to offense. And they made us pay for it twice early in the second half. And then got to, and on yeah, bad, they're, bad, they're, bad mistakes. Their first goal in the second half was in like the second or third minute. Very like, early. It was like. And uh, on a on a complete mental lapse from Jimmy Oxford. Uh, we, we never got back into the swing. Yeah. Uh, so for that 20 minutes, we just looked like the worst team. And then you make some adjustments, you bring on the offense, and we've seen this from Hack, and I've praised him for it, and I'll continue to praise him for it. When he's behind, he doesn't care if we lose by eight. He wants to try to win. Yeah. And so yeah. you fall behind, and there was a point in this game where we had one defensive player, one center back on the field, and everybody else was a wing or a midfielder or a striker. That was it. 
because uh, he wants to get the goal. So we, yeah. at, at one point in the game, I believe, had Abdu, Luke, and Cam all on the field at the oh, same yeah. time with Brian Ownby and Antoine Hopeno. So that's that's the firepower. That's what we got. Yeah. Uh, it was unfortunate. It was a tough – that. At that point, though, you're just playing into their hands, into Pittsburgh's yeah, hands. Yeah, I mean, at that point, they're basically lined up in front of the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just stand here. They've got a block of five and a block of four, just and that's going to be real. And they also, they're just big bodies. They're yeah, big dudes. They're, they're huge. And so, uh, and they were they were tough. And so you, you you tip your cap to them executing their game plan, yeah. and you question a little bit about Hack and what the thought process was. The starting lineup seemed unusual. Yeah. Um, um, I like seeing Akil out there. Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. He looked pretty along the lines of our first, at least what my first impression of him was, was that he's, he's a by-the-book player. Yeah, he's he's definitely more of an overlapper than you're going to get from yep. Pat McMahon. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as steady in defense as Pat McMahon. But that's hard to be because Pat McMahon's just a don't get anything wrong kind of guy. Do you think you can out athlete Pat McMahon, but you can't just out? You, he doesn't make bad bad mistakes. No, Although no. that's what he did against Tyler Pasher in Indy in our last game at home against them. But you know, the fact that I can remember it tells me how rare it is. Do you, so we know that Hack does lineups based on how people are doing in practice, right? Yeah. If you earn it. Right? Yeah. So. Clearly, those guys earned it. Like you said, he's not one for sentiment. He wants to win. Yeah. So those guys showed the, you know, hey, they've been busting their ass in practice. They look the best out in practice. And I've got to think there's a little bit of, we've got five subs now. Right. Let's run some of these guys out here. Yeah. And if we have to, we bring on the big guns. We bring on, like, the, the workhorses of last season. Yeah. I can see that, and frankly, I would get behind that. I can see it too. Uh, in my heart of hearts, in my heart of hearts, I hope that by the end of this season, our playoff lineup, because every year of our incredible run, we have gotten to the point where we had a playoff lineup, where it was yeah. like, no matter who you played throughout the majority of the year, by the time playoffs came, we had our guys. This is the team. Yeah. I hope that by the time we get to the playoff lineup that it is similar to what we saw lineup-wise, but also different. Yeah. I want I want to see Antoine Hopeno on the field more. Absolutely. I want to see Napo Matsoso on the field more. You get a little bit of a false sense of what's going on because Magnus Rasmussen is on paternity leave. Right. And so Magnus, Mag, yeah, way way to go, Magnus. Congrats on the little baby. He looks adorable. But Magnus not with the team at the moment as uh, he's busy being a brand-new dad. And you feel that. Sure. And I don't have a return date for him. I don't know if it's like, oh, yeah, he'll be back for this week's game, or if it's like he's going to be in Denmark for three weeks. Get over it. I don't know the answer to that at all. They don't talk to me about that kind of stuff. But uh, I'll tell you that Magnus Rasmussen, it's hard to picture not being on the field. Right. Leading goal scorer from last year. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see more Hopeno. I'd like to see more Napo. And that all being said, you got to figure out your back four. What your back four is going to be. And the thing is, it feels like you got a lot of 
options and no separation. That between your typical center backs in Sharpie, Oxford, Swahi, and Tosh, that there's nobody who's like, that's my two guys. Right. And you get the feeling that Oscar Jimenez, when healthy, is the guy, but that the other guy could be Pat McMahon. It could be Jogo, Jonathan Gomez, who yeah. as a 16-year-old gets out onto the field God. in his first game. Uh, it could be uh, it could be Akil Watts. Uh, you got three guys that are all in the running for that other spot next to Oscar, or opposite Oscar, I should yeah. say. And so it's tough because then you're saying, well, does that mean you don't want to play Paolo Del Piccolo? Does that mean you don't want to play yeah. Corbin Bone? Does that mean you don't want to play Niall McCabe? These are great options, but it's going to take a minute for us to find the option that works the best on a brand new field, on a yeah. brand new size of field. I'm not making excuses. It was a piss poor effort. It was bad. Yeah. In parts of that game, we played badly. Yeah. Uh, but I also am willing to give a little bit of historical credence to the idea that we'll figure out the magic formula. And also, we're playing against a really good team. Yeah, I like seeing, I like seeing Jogo out there, and I like so for a little bit. There was a point where he was hurt, but he was down. Yeah. And David was like, "Is that? Was that go? Was that Jogo?" And I was like, "I think that is, man." And there was something a little refreshing about it. There was something a little refreshing about seeing. The 16-year-old, like, no, I'm getting in there. <laughs> yeah, mixing it up. Not being timid. No, Which yeah. is what you worry about for a 16-year-old in his first true professional-level game. He played yeah. in the USL League One last year, but championship is a big step up. Yeah. And uh, I love it, too. Getting out there and saying, no, I belong here, and you're not going to push me around. Yeah. You're going to have to take me out to take me out. Yeah. And so that's what happened. But uh, we'll see where Hack goes with all of this from here. I have complete faith that things are fine. I can already envision us tying or losing to St. Louis this weekend and Lou City fandom collectively losing their minds. Because this week it was, what were you thinking? This was bad. I can't believe we played like this. Two weeks of it and you're, and people will lose their collective minds. Yeah. And it still will not be warranted. But to his credit, Hack in all of his interviews is saying this becomes a little mini playoff game. Yeah. Because Indy looks like Indy. Yeah. And that means that we have to be better than St. Louis and uh, Kansas City. Have to be if we want to make the playoffs. Yeah. And so you don't want to go to lose this game and suddenly already be in a three-point hole again against your yeah. rivals. We want it to be a battle with Indy for first place all year. We don't want to be in a battle for Saint, with St. Louis or KC for second place. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's, it's important, and Heck hasn't shied away from it. Uh, but I, I really, I'm expecting a better performance from the guys. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I've rarely, rarely been disappointed by any Lou City team for more than two or three weeks at a time. I mean, just in our history, yeah. it's like, oh, man, we're playing crappy over these last five games. We only have one win, three draws, and a loss. It's like, that's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have high expectations, and uh, this team should be a good one, but we got to find it. And then let me just say, the quietest person on the pitch, because we had so much difficulty getting the ball up front and getting it into the middle of the field, I mean, Cameron Lancaster felt like he had like three touches on the yeah. ball the whole game. 
like three touches the whole game is what it felt like. I know he took a shot, which was a sort of falling down turn away shot. Yeah. But I mean, mostly it felt like he was nowhere in this game. Yeah. And uh, you want Cameron Lancaster to be loud. You don't want him to be uh, quietly in the background of a game. No. And no, no, Pittsburgh no. did a great job of neutralizing that. They did. I was talking to somebody today at work about it, and they they kind of put it perfect. They were like, "Yeah, think of it as it's always it's it's good luck for it to rain on your wedding day." Like you know what, it is. That is a comforting old wives' tale. It is good luck. <laughs> did I, did know, it rain on your wedding day, Andy? It did not. I didn't think so. it didn't rain. And no, it did rain on mine. It, it rained that morning. Yeah. Um. It's probably why my marriage is so much more secure than yours. Well, no. We took, <laughs> we took uh, uh, precautions. Against the rain? Yeah. Like, we actively stopped the rain. Oh, well, that was good of you. So, um, But you're right. Uh, losing that home opener, maybe it's... Yeah, right. Got that one out of the way. Yeah. Got to knock, the, knock it into place a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Um... But I'm not. There's no part of me that is worried. No. I really won't be worried until we're six games into the season and still don't look like we're clicking. Yet. At that point, you'll start hearing something different from me. Yeah. Uh, that being said, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the game day experience. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Family Stadium opened to the public. And uh, I don't know if anyone's heard about this or not, but there is a pandemic going on right now. Uh, it's called... Uh, Shoot, I can't remember the name of it. Do you remember the name of it? It's Miller virus. Miller virus. Oh no, no it's, it's the it's, Heineken 20. It's, yeah, there it is. And now it's uh, it's coronavirus, it's COVID-19. And uh, it was the first game that we have uh, played in the brand new stadium and had to do it under non-optimal circumstances. Yeah. The governor gave us permission to have 50% capacity in the stadium as long as we followed certain guidelines. We instituted the guidelines to the absolute best of our ability. Uh, we didn't bring in 50% of the fans because we couldn't have socially distanced. Let me get the good stuff out of the way first. Coopers, awesome job on the TIFO. Yeah. Very cool TIFO. It looked great. The, the deployment system worked properly. Uh, Harper family, awesome job organizing it. The whole Cooper team, though, yeah. way to go. Um, in the seats... In the grandstand seat, I mean, in the seating seats, right. the social distancing was great. Yeah. Dave Wachovic and his ticketing staff team put together a situation where nobody was within six feet of each other unless they right. were in the same household. It looked distant. It looked comfortable. It was nicely done. Uh, the vast majority of fans, mm -hmm. the vast majority of fans, we're told you gotta wear a mask, you gotta wear it at all times if you're not actively eating or drinking something. Yeah. And said, no problem, we got you. We don't want anybody to get sick, we wanna be able to keep playing soccer here. We're not gonna try to find loopholes or try to figure out a way around it. You're telling us to do this, we're gonna do it because we value what we have here. Yeah. The vast majority. Yeah. 4,850 people in the stands, I'd say, 200 people of that group had no interest in having their masks on and would avoid it if they could. Now, 200 people is a huge number of people. 
but it's a tiny percentage of the people in the stands. Right. And so it's a tough thing to, it was too many people not wearing masks or not wearing them properly, but it was also a huge percentage that did it right. We feel confident that our rules will be better clarified for this coming game. So we play again Saturday night at 8, Yeah. and we feel confident, and in case me saying we throws you for a loop, I am an employee of Louisville City. Uh, all my thought, all thoughts and opinions that I share on this podcast are mine and don't necessarily reflect those of any of Louisville City's corporate partners, sponsors, or affiliates all my opinion i'll say that i think that we will have some of the the clarity about well if i'm at my seat and i'm six feet away from somebody do i have to have my mask on there was confusion about that and there was reason for that it was printed in places that that was the case whereas we were telling everyone masks on at all times unless you're eating or drinking but they're like it said in the guide that if i'm at my seat so there was confusion there's confusion about the sweets about inside a suite that is a leased space and so it's just like being in your apartment when they're in there they don't have to wear anything they don't want to that's a private spot if they're inside the suite outside the suites in the seats in front of their suites i believe they're required to wear masks and they weren't not everybody anyway some of our ownership groups were doing a great job some of our partners maybe not as great of a job that will be clarified and made much more clear going into this next game in the supporter zones, we had parallel lines. So we had everybody, we had gaps designed to be able to keep people separated from one another, right. but the gaps were next to you and they were on a single vertical all the way up, right. which means that uh, you had people right behind you, which is not ideal. Even though technically if you're against your rail and the person behind you is against their rail, you are six feet apart, but that is neither here nor there. Still not great to have somebody right behind you. Right. We're gonna checkerboard it this week so that there's more gaps and better distance between you and the person in front of you or behind you. That'll be better. Uh, we're gonna have more clear markings for where hand sanitizing stations are. Okay. We have a lot of hand sanitizing stations. We're really happy about that. They got used effectively, but they're not super obvious if you're not looking for them. Right. And so we're gonna jazz them up a little bit so that it's more clear, <laughs> more clear. I've got a, actually it's a Tupac hologram that's, okay. that's gonna be All on right. top of yeah. it. Now, uh, we're gonna make those a little more visible. Uh, we're working on some corridor flow. Inside the corridors, it was a little bit, uh, there was, it felt a little tighter than it did elsewhere in the stadium. And so we're gonna hopefully have that be a little bit better worked out for this game. Um, one thing other from the positive notes that I was thrilled about was uh, our our stadium facilities team had over 80 employees who all they were doing the whole game was rolling around and sanitizing stuff. Yeah. You saw them. If you were in the stadium, every surface was getting sanitized on a cycled basis so that uh, everything that you might touch, whether it be a countertop or a guardrail or, uh, or uh, a uh, seat back, everything that might have been being touched, there were people rolling around cleaning them throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a really good look and I really appreciate it. And it's just made me feel more comfortable that, uh, you know, airborne whatever, droplet whatever, sure, but contact. I felt really good about seeing how much was being, uh, how, how often everything was being wiped down and sanitized. 
uh, this is the last I'll say from the from the front office perspective, and then I'll, I want Andy's thoughts on how he felt about it all. Uh, I gave us a B minus for how we did on opening the place up. I think that if you went to that game thinking this is going to be completely and perfectly safe and everyone's going to get everything perfectly exactly right and I'm going to be, they've told me that it's perfectly safe and it'll be great, then you were misleading yourself. Everybody who went to that game knew there's an assumption of risk with going to be somewhere where 5,000 people are. It was the first time you've been around that many people in months. I think that for what we were doing and what we were trying to do, we did it very well. I gave us a B minus, which in college I would have been thrilled with a B minus. In life-saving enterprises, is that good enough in the long run? No, but I think that it gets better week. I think it'll get better week after week. I think that we learned from some of the things that we did that weren't perfect, and uh, I think that it'll get a little better as we go forward every week. Yeah. Um, I thought that it got more lax as the game went on. Yeah. And that I don't love. Uh, and I think that you'll see you'll see some more crackdown and more clear delineation of, hey, if we catch you without a mask, this is what's happening. Uh, we don't want to have security guards pulling, dragging people out of the stands, screaming and yelling about their masks. That's not what we want. But we do need buy-in on this, or we aren't going to be allowed to keep playing games. And so, you got to find that sweet spot of convincing those 200 people to get their shit together, while also yeah. being reasonable with uh, somebody who's like, "Man, I literally was just finishing a drink of my soda. Like, I'm putting it back on right now. I promise. Right. Quit bugging me." You know, uh, there's there's a there's a there's a fine line, and uh, it'll be hard to balance. I would have I would feel safe to go back again. But I also think that it's so user-specific. I know that if I was going and I wasn't working, I personally would pick a spot, yeah. never leave that spot, <clears throat> and I would have some control over the surroundings around me. Yeah. I would, you know, the, if there are 12 people within 10 feet of me, I'm going to make sure they all know. If you're not wearing your mask, I'm going to be annoying about it. Right. And also, don't touch me. Don't touch my wife. That's not what we're here for right now. Right. And uh, that's how I would still feel comfortable going to these games. But I totally still respect anybody who says, you know what? It was close, but not good enough. Right. And I also respect anybody who says it wasn't close and I'm not going back. I, I get it. But I don't know what somebody thought that they might be able to expect that would have been significantly better than what we did. How about that? Okay. All right, Andy, lay on me your experience. Okay, so I'm going to say COVID-wise. Yeah, I'm going to say some stuff that's going to be a little harsh. Please do. We um, can't. Otherwise, it's just me doing a public service announcement from the club. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steph and I went. Uh, flow into the stadium was great. Even with the so people did people at the front gates, they did a. I thought they did a great job of hey, six feet. Yep. Step back six feet. And it, we, Steph and I even said, like, well, we're the same household. And he was like, doesn't matter, six feet. And we were both like, you know what? Good. B better that than the alternative. Good. Temperature checking. I mean, they were, I thought, getting into, but it still moved really well. Yeah. I, I was impressed with that. You start temperature checking, doing stuff like that, it gates to anything. The capacity to bind up is... <laughs> 
significant. Um, we felt fine being there. You know, it's there were things that, yeah, this could probably be done better, but we didn't come away from it thinking, God, they have a long way to go to make that safe. No. To us, if it at any point we felt like it wasn't safe, we don't think it was the club not doing a good enough job. There's no accounting for assholes. And here's the harsh, here's, here comes the harsh part. Science, <laughs> the CDC, people who have forgotten more about disease control than you'll ever know are telling us masks make a giant difference. Right? The CDC has said, if you wear them, if everybody wore masks, this would be under control in six weeks. So, if you're telling me wearing a mask is ruining the game experience, hey, that's bullshit. That's not an excuse to me. How? How? Give me five logical ways that's ruining your game experience. Well, I can't breathe. Yes, you can. Because if you're complaining about it, you can clearly breathe. Well, I can't drink. Yes, you can, because they've said, pull your mask down to drink or eat or whatever, and then put it back on. It, it takes a real special kind of person to not understand that if we don't get this right from the get-go, the governor has already said he will shut it down. And to be honest with you, he would be right to do so. If it gets more out of control, he'd be right to do so. So to us, the problem didn't come from the club not sanitizing or having things set up. Sure, Mark hand sanitizer stations a little better but you could still find one and frankly you should be looking for some this isn't rocket science right the rules are really simple put your mask on stay six feet away from people not in your household ta-da watch the damn game i don't think our my game our game day experience was not ruined by anything it wasn't ruined by having a mask on. If anything, you can buy any number of really cool masks to wear. Yeah. You from, you know, I had a surgical mask on. Are you going to get a Bane one? I've thought about it. <laughs> the Bane one's pretty cool. Yeah. I had a surgical mask on. Um, Scouse's House, which we'll get to, has some masks with the Scouse's House logo on it. Um, if you're Jared Englert, you have... A ridiculously complicated mask. Yeah. Of course. You can make yourself comfortable. Also, there's a large portion of the population who wear masks every day in their job. So you can wear it for two hours, bud. Yeah. You'll be fine. And don't do any of this nose, of, nose out thing. It's defeating the purpose. Yep. Coronavirus doesn't care how it gets inside you. It doesn't care. It's like it's not going to stop. Where it gets it. out of you. Yeah, it's not going to stop. Oh well, we can't go in the nose. Yeah. No. 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 Just put the mask on. Yeah. The other thing is that we were on national TV. That was the first professional sports in America played in America with in, fans. With fans. That's a big deal. Yep. I don't think enough people understood how big of a deal that was. If that had gone poorly. If ESPN had, had like panned across any number of supporter sections or seats and 
and you see a whole crowd of people not wearing masks, that looks really bad on us. Yeah. I thought the stadium's beautiful. The stadium's it's gorgeous. pretty good. Our seats are, like, Scouts and South seats are absurd. Where David and Jared and I stand, and Stephanie and I stand. Yeah. And where the whole crew stands. We could we could talk to Gomez. So like, we weren't sure. yelling at him. We were saying, hey, Gomez, you look awful. Yeah, you're the worst. You're, you, what's wrong with your head? Right. There's no bad seat in the place. Yeah. There's just not. Like, I was thinking about standing there. I was looking up into the nosebleeds, the quote-unquote nosebleeds, and it was like, even those seats They're are great. great. They're outstanding. <laughs> so, let's keep that going. Let's keep, you know, suck it up, bud. Yeah. Put your mask on. If you want to watch soccer, awesome. Put the mask on. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't tend to agree. I completely agree. Uh, in the end... So much of the world is user specific. Uh, it just—it's going to depend on whether or not people follow the rules. And the thing is, if you want to find loopholes or excuses or ways around it, or you want to be a prick about it, you can find ways to kind of justify yourself in whatever way you want. In the end, quit looking for that. Yeah. How about look to find the way you can be the most yeah. helpful and set the best example? Also, don't be surprised when anybody else says, hey, yeah, put your mask One of the reasons I love my wife so much is because she is fearless about telling you exactly what she thinks. Yes, right? she is. And she told a few people, hey. She's made me cry twice. Put your mask on. She told a few people, put your mask on. And at first I was like, well, it's not really our But then it was like, you know what? You do it, honey. Because... Yeah. To me, that's you being a responsible citizen who cares about this club. Yep. Uh, so most of my night was walking the stadium, going from section to section, checking in on how people were doing, how the supporter zones were going. I have a checklist of stuff, and then in my head I'm looking for and making sure is the way it's supposed to be. And uh, also, I'm looking around for people who are wearing their masks improperly. And so I talked to, I'd say... 40 people over the course of the game saying, hey, put your mask back on. Uh, or uh, And usually as politely as possible, it's, uh, oh, hey, you know, if we're not eating or drinking, please put your mask back on. And of those 40, I'd say 33 of them were like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I just forgot, and put their mask right back on, and then you don't know, think about it again. And five of them are like uh, uh, rolling their eyes at you. I'm like, okay. And you know that when you walk away, they're going to take it down again. And then two of them want to be jerks about it. Like, uh, you know, why aren't you telling that guy? I haven't, I'm talking to you right now. I'm about to go talk to that guy. Why aren't you, you know, uh, this isn't fair. Why, those people over there aren't wearing theirs. Or, uh, you know, okay, shut up. I'm I'm telling you, put your mask back on. Uh, And, uh, that sucks. It's user specific. Like it just sucks. It's like be the example, not the not the, you know, exception. Uh, I think week over week this is going to get better and easier. And I, I also so think too. that people are going to get used to the idea that we're not just going to leave you alone for not wearing your yeah. mask. We're going to continue to tell yeah. you, hey, put your mask on. And so uh, I think it'll get better week over week, but we'll find out. Um, and also, listen, this is pure transparency full disclosure we don't know how he did yet no yeah in in 10 days maybe somebody tests positive 
and you start contact tracing, you find out that they were at the soccer game. We suggest to everybody that they get tested if they're at the soccer game, and it turns out 250 people got infected, or 1,000 people, or, or 50 people. I don't even know what an okay number is. Yeah. But maybe we find that out 10 days from now, that, whoa, we didn't do nearly as well as we thought. Or maybe we never hear about a single positive case from our stadium. Right. We won't really know. Uh, but ultimately, I still give us a B minus for creating a good plan and then executing it. I, I, I hope that we get up to an A plus this next week. Yeah. But I expect that we'll bump ourselves up to a B or a B plus this week. And then it'll get better week after week. That's the so. expectation. I think uh, so. One other thing to talk about about the game day experience before we start talking about St. Louis. Okay. Uh, there was a protest that uh, was occurring outside the stadium gates leading up to the game. Yeah. Uh, it was on the Scouse's house end. Yep. Andy, do you want to talk about your experience with that? I mean, to be honest, the only thing I've only heard them, but when we got there, they weren't there yet. Um, I will say, on a personal note, my wife and I are staunch supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Brad Estes has been very vocal about it. Um, the club itself supports, you know, equality and equity, more importantly. So, you know protesting is kind of one of the foundations of this country, right? Like, <laughs> it's kind of our thing. I love seeing a good protest. Especially a good protest for a good cause. Protest wherever you want. You know what I mean? That's all I have to say about it. Perfectly fair. Uh, I'll tell you that I don't feel like they were protesting. Were they protesting against the no. club? And that's the key that, that, that we can lean on is that they weren't protesting Lou City. Uh, they were protesting. They, If you're a protester, you want to be where the most people are. Yeah. And this was the time where the most yeah. people finally showed up in one place and they knew where they'd be, and so they showed up. And that's not at all surprising. It, doesn't, it didn't feel like a protest so much as a demonstration. That's I fair. Feel like. That's fair. Uh, it was very, you know, it was Breonna Taylor-centric. Yeah. And I am firmly of the belief that we need to arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. We should have done it 150 days ago. We yeah. should do it tomorrow. We should do it the day after. Yeah. But uh, as far as the protest went, I personally thought it went exactly how protests are supposed to go. They showed up peacefully. Mm -hmm. They got their message across forcefully. Yeah. They disbanded peacefully. That's what it's meant to be. They got where they were they showed up where the people were they had their voice and their message heard and then they left yeah they weren't there to disrupt the game no they were there to make sure that this large group of people where they knew there'd be a lot of press and they knew there'd be a lot of folks would be able to hear their message and that's the way that's supposed to go uh they were on private property i'll say that up until the gate we own that that's that's louisville city's property that's private property uh I'm glad that nothing escalated in any way that that had to have been enforced. Right. We were approached about having some protests uh, on our site, and we were told we can't have tailgates. We can't, let alone can, should we, can we allow other gatherings on our right. property. We're not allowed to do anything on our property except put on the game. That's what we've been given permission yeah. to do. 
And so we met with several of the leaders of the protest movement in Louisville and we were coming up with plans of what things we want to try to do with them to help amplify their message that they can do legally and easily. Yeah. Is it ideal to have protesters at your stadium for your first game? No. But I personally agree with their message. The team has stated publicly that uh, we support racial justice and that's what they're demonstrating in support of. Yeah. As long as it's peaceful and not intentionally disruptive of the activity, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's that's a Evan Floyd personal feeling right there. I think there. it speaks to the club, though. It would have been easy for any number of, of organizations or clubs to not have met with. But, you know, you all met with them and said, hey, what are you going to do? And <laughs> this is a big credit to the leaders of the movements here in Louisville that they have been very forthcoming and wanting to reach out and say, hey, this is what's going on. And also they kind of let us know they were coming. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's – we have big plans, big plans for what we want to do to be an ally of social justice in this city and in this country. And we've been meeting with the right people to do that properly. Yeah. But I, we don't want to announce something just to announce it. We want to get right. it right and then do it and not just have pay lip service to it. We saw the opportunity to sell the Black Lives Matter scarves and raise some money for a good cause, and we yeah. took it. But other than that, we're not doing any of the, anything for the, the, to look good. We're doing it because we want to be good. Yeah. And so that'll be a long process, and it won't be fast, and it won't be easy. And uh, that I'm sure it'll raise controversy when we get to it. But... There's doing right, and that's what we want to be. Yeah, uh, it's sketchy territory for me on the podcast. I'll tell you that. I know. Um, and so I want to again make clear that this is Evan Floyd opinions, and I'm telling you my department's intentions. Yeah. The department I run, I can tell you my intention. Uh, beyond that, I know that we are people of good faith that the intentions are proper and that we believe we're going about it the right way. I, I know Brad Estes posted about this yesterday, so I feel confident talking about it a little bit, but I don't really want to betray... I don't want to make him feel like I'm using it as a conversation piece. Uh, I, I've, I've formed a bit of a relationship with uh, Dr. Ricky Jones, who is the director of Pan-African Studies at UofL. Yep. He's a very prominent voice for of, of black leadership in this community. He's been an unbelievable uh, resource and uh, educator yeah. to me during this process. And he came and addressed our entire organization. So the team, the players, the front office, the academy staff, the NWSL employees that we've got on staff, everybody. Yeah. He addressed us all yesterday. Uh, and it was a powerful meeting. And I think that it's given us even more motivation for what we want to do and for how we want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and we've met with a lot of people that are providing similar guidance. And the main thing that I've taken away from all of it is don't try to look good. Go out and do good. Right. And so I, 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 that's why I'm even hesitant to mention that that's what we're, who we're talking to. Because even just saying, this is who we're talking to, yeah. it's like, oh, you're just trying to make it sound like you're talking to black leaders. That's not it. I'm telling you that the process will be long and that we've been instructed that it should be. Yeah. That we want to take it seriously and do this right month after month, year after year, and not just, while it happens to be in the news, look good about it. 
And so uh, the protests are tough to decide exactly how to handle because it's, yeah. you know, people who don't have tickets on private property on your grounds. And so the natural inclination is get them out of here. But at the same time, what they are trying to raise awareness for is something that we believe in too. Yeah. Or that I believe in too and that the club has indicated we believe in as a group. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough ground. It is. It was a, just a lot, man. Racing Louisville. Yeah, yeah. A loss. Opening up the stadium. Social justice. It's a you know, big. It's been it's been an exhausting couple of weeks for community engagement. The the country has come to. You know we're at a reckoning point, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a long overdue reckoning point. And it is. The you know the the a running theme of it have of every discussion you see on in, in every forum has been, it's not going to be an easy conversation. It's going to be a long conversation, but it needs to be right. Like this is like, we're at, a, this is it. This is the point of like, no, what are we doing? It's going to be painful, but it's, it's going to be worth it. So I like the club stance, you know, um, it's tough, but you got to go through it to get to the other side. So. Agreed. And uh, we'll we'll do it all again on Saturday yep. at 8 p.m. against St. Louis. Now I think we're probably pushing up against how long we want to be going here. So I'll, I'll I'll speed us through a little talk. I'll speed us through a little bit of talk about St. Louis and just say uh, some familiar names. Uh, St. Louis has traditionally been a little bit our bitch which is nice. We generally do better than them. We generally perform well against them, but that doesn't, I I think they got, I think last year we had a draw and a win against St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, they expect to be the other team in this, in our pod. No offense to Kansas City, but offense. It should be in some order, Louisville, Indy, and St. Louis in the top three. And, most people would expect it to be Indy and Louisville in the top two spots, uh, with St. Louis playing spoiler role. And uh, but they want to get in there, and if they want to get in and be involved in it, then they've got to start beating the teams. They already lost to Indy two nothing. Yeah. But their first game of the season was a win against Miami, and so St. Louis is you know we're going to find out. This is an important game to measure ourselves. You'll recognize names like Wallfall. <laughs> like Kadeem Dakers, like Gaia Bend. Yeah. Kyle Gregg's been in the le- league for a long time. He's a, he's a good goal scorer. Uh, I've always felt like St. Louis plays like Louisville light. They're, yeah. They, they do a lot of what we do, but not really well. They go through phases of trying to play like uh, Indy and Pittsburgh do, and then they don't do that particularly well. They don't score at a high clip. They don't give up goals at a high clip. They're just sort of okay, usually. Yeah. Uh, got beat 2 nothing to Indy on the road on the on the crazy line field at Lucas Oil. I hate, I hate watching games in that state. Yeah. <laughs> God. I think everybody's going to be able to be excused for losing games at Indy this year. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a really good team. It's going to be a tough team. Uh... I expect we come out and take it to them in this game. I think that I got a weird feeling we're gonna we're gonna take them out behind the woodshed and beat them. Yeah. I. I. You think it's just a stomping? I think this is gonna be a statement game of yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we shat the bed last week. Yeah. Taste this. Yeah. 
And I've got a Lucity victory. Six nothing. <laughs> wow. I've got an absolute destruction. Just a banger. I think that this is one of those games where we get up early and then just keep our foot on their throats the yeah. whole game. And I think it's one of those games like the the Cincy 5 nil game yeah. where by the end of the game, everybody's just like, well, I want to get one. Yeah. And uh, that we're going to find a way to get a couple. Yeah. I, I think six nothing may be an exaggeration, but I really think like you could totally see this game being 4-1, uh, you know, 5-2, 4 nothing, yeah. a, a, a whooping. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I think this is a game, this is a chance for us to very much be like, hey, you need to keep in mind who you're playing right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can see it. I'll, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three nothing. Okay. I but like a comfortable three. Nothing. One of those where you're never in doubt, where it's not like, oh God, I hope this is okay. Yeah. Like a 70 something percent possession. I got, wow. I don't know about the <laughs> possession numbers, but I, I mean, hard to imagine more possession than we had against Pittsburgh, but uh, I've got, Cam Lancaster hat trick. Really? I don't think that Indy has the manpower to do to him what Pittsburgh did. I mean, I don't think St. Louis has the manpower to do to him what Pittsburgh did. And I think that he came to score goals, and he's yeah. gonna. And I think that privately, internally, he's a little annoyed a that bit. Speedy got the first goal in the stadium. And uh, I think he comes out and he's like, I'm gonna... I may only ever play here one more year, but I want to have the record for goals at Lynn Family Stadium for a long time. Yeah. I he may that. play here for 20 more years. I don't know. I'm just saying I think that he'll want to set the record this year and set it in a way that is hard to beat. I got him putting in a hat trick, and, and one of them on a set piece, one of them with the left, and one of them with the right. Okay. Um, I think he's going to do what Cameron does and knock on the door a whole lot. Um, I think he's going to get one. I think he'll get it on one of those magical set pieces that he has. Um, but I think we get something from Ombi. Just in run of play. I think he just flies past him. Just trucks past him. Yeah. And uh, part of me wants to see Oxford get one <laughs> as a make a, as a make good on a corner but like a dominant quarter right you know what I mean like like one of those ones soaring above everybody else yeah. I, I love those Luke has had a number of oh, those yeah. in his career where yeah. you're just like well he's a foot and a half taller than everybody else yeah but he's not I want yeah. something from I want something like that from Oxford because he can do it he, he can, can absolutely he can, can. um yeah. alright Scouse has news oh yeah let me pull it up. He's got some. I got some stuff. Oh, masks. Sure. Speaking of which. How much? 15 bucks. Black. And white. With? The Scouse's House flag. The uh, Union Jack in black and white with the Scouse's yeah, House across the middle. They look really good. Them. We got ours at the game. They look really good. Um, they're good masks, too. They'll stay on. Good. They stayed on my face, which is saying something because I have a big face. You do. I have a big face. It's a lot of face, man. It is a lot of face. That's what she said. Um... <laughs> Yeah, 15 bucks, they come in black and white. Get a hold of Scouse. If you're listening to this, you know how to get a hold of any number of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not hidden. No. Um, 
Oh, and here's the other one. Yeah, because we already talked about the racing mobile sports club. If you have, this is from Kenny Allward himself. The virile. Masculine. Young. Powerful, really. Kenny Allward. Uh, if you have any good photos of or from Scouse's house, get a hold of us. Shoot him over. Because we're updating the website. Jared, turns out, is actually useful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Kenny was like, wait a minute. We have somebody else who knows how to do yeah, this crap? absolutely. And it turns out, I mean, Jared went to school for right. it. Like, so it, it's, he's done a really good job. Um, any and all photos, send them. Deal. Okay. Well, I have got places to be and things to do. No, you so uh, I really do. Uh, and so uh, I think we're going to have to call this one off. But it's been fun. It's been it real. Been We've got real soccer. Uh, you know, everything feels a little worse than it should with COVID. And uh, that yeah. sucks. But uh, I'm optimistic that we will get back to some semblance of uh, not even normal, just of something acceptable in terms of our public life. Yeah. Because even when COVID's over, it's not like the duties of social justice will end, and it's not like uh, that, uh, you know, we're ever going to go back to being around people the same way we were before. Right. I think that we're going to have to deal with this forever, but hopefully in something that appears a little more normal. Yeah. So. NPR, I'm going to say this. NPR, there was a woman on it talking about COVID today, and she said, uh, I don't even remember the Roman poet, but it was a Roman poet, and he said, be patient be tough because one day you'll be able to use it all right i thought that was perfect love it there you uh, go. i i think andy that's the most profound thing that's ever been said on this podcast by anyone not named john hackworth and yeah. so with that being said i can only think of one way to end a podcast let alone a loose city podcast let alone one when we just finished playing our first game in lynn family stadium yeah. our own stadium oh man and that is go, go city, city.